Hey, good morning, everybody. Welcome here. Welcome to church this morning. My name is Grant, one of the pastors here, and this morning I'm joined by Kate. Good morning. Yeah, super happy to be here. Yeah, and yeah, we're going to get the service started for you. It's going to be a good one. And if this is your first time joining us, we would love to connect with you. So you can do that by dropping a comment below, or we would be super pumped to hear from you if you want to send us an email at hello at cedarvalley.ca. Yeah, absolutely. And for everybody watching, one of the best ways to stay connected with stuff going on, with things happening throughout the week, we have some devotional posts that mm -hmm. go through the week. Follow us on Instagram, Facebook. We've got a YouTube channel you could subscribe to, although we had a funny glitch this last week, but still lots of good content on there. And signing up for our weekly email newsletter that's on our website at the very bottom, or I think there's a pop-up too, but we send that out on Fridays with a good summary of all the content and the stuff that you kind of need to be aware of, ways to connect and kind of what's going on. Like, I think we've got a one big one happening tonight. Yeah, the AGM is tonight. Yeah. So I personally am very excited about our annual general meeting. Um, if you've already registered, thank you so much for doing that. If you haven't yet, go ahead, jump onto the website, um, cedarvalley.ca, and you can find information to register there and join us for the meeting at seven o'clock on Zoom. Totally, and you're excited because you're part of the transition team, that which is, is this huge, yeah, this huge season. We're going through Pastor Rob's, our transitional pastor, because we are, well, the whole uh, thing of this meeting, what's gonna be good is we wanna like look back at what we've learned about in the past, but we wanna kind of look at where God's taking us next and what's going on. And I know there's a report coming from that team. Uh, so we're just gonna see collectively what God has got in store for Cedar Valley Church. So many good things. Yeah. Yeah, so many good things. So I'm just gonna get the service started off with time of prayer. Yes. And uh, then we'll go into it. Uh, so God, thank you for being here. Uh, thank you for how much you've shown us in this past year that you transcend uh, what we think is essential for a church, God, that you transcend the buildings we're in or how we're talking about you, or if it's through cameras or cell phones, or even just on a weekly newsletter or printout for those of us who aren't even online, but God, you are present in our lives constantly. And, and God, we see a lot of crazy things happening in the world that's either due to weather or disasters or earthquakes happening. And m more than ever, we're always praying for it, but God, that you are just present in an obvious way that followers of you are able to just proclaim your name, your goodness, your love, your restoration in people's names. God, that we can embody your hope and your glory here in mission, that we can just spread your gospel really well. And God, I pray for this uh, annual general meeting happening tonight, that we can all connect well, that technology is not a glitch or an issue, but that we can just focus on where you're leading us and what you have in store for us. Mm -hmm. So I just pray that you bless this service this morning and that uh, you are very present. Uh, in the name of your son, Jesus, amen. Amen, awesome prayer. Yeah. That's so good. We're going to start the service being led in a time of worship and singing. We'll get the service started here shortly. And yeah, and then after that, we've got a special lesson for the kids from Kate, this Kate. And I think there's a smoke <laughs> machine involved and yeah, stay tuned glitter. for that. Lots of glitter. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and following that, Pastor Doug is going to be bringing us through chapter seven of the book of John, which is such an awesome chapter. Like, did you find it was so much more you really had to look deeper into it to understand. It wasn't just a blanket story, right? Like yeah. there's so much more there. So yeah, um, and this gospel of the gospel of John chapter a week. So we're hoping that you're reading along with us. This is, and I love the fact that this chapter really does encourage so much more like deep conversation mm. and thought. Right. Um, and so hopefully you're joining us. Uh, Grant mentioned before that like on Instagram and Facebook, there's all these ways that you can interact. And that's in that same way you can be finding some of that content. But aside from that, being reading it, repeat repeatedly at home on your own, right? Like totally. I've read 
chapter seven, I don't know how many times, probably like 15 or more times. Oh, wow. Oh, that's a record. We should have a tally record to <laughs> no, going up. No, no, no. We're not keeping <laughs> records. But just because there was so much content in there that I really felt was personal for mm. me. Awesome. So. Yeah. Well, yeah. Getting into the word is huge, right? Yeah. That's that's absolutely important. And you know what? So before the serve, before we get into all of that that's going on, we have a great service. Uh, this past week on Monday was the first ever, uh, at least for Canada, I think almost globally, Human Trafficking Awareness Day. For so, Canada, yes. For Canada, yeah. For Canada. First ever. And and here's why I'm excited. We have Kate helping uh, welcome us all here in the morning because Kate, you have with your passions and heart and professionally have dove into this work of human trafficking awareness. Mm -hmm. And uh, like, so this is a massive topic that's heartbreaking. It sucks. It's everywhere. Canada's obviously at least realizing now, which is great that it is real as here and now in Canada, in North America in general, mm -hmm. it's not just this far off thing that happens that we hear about on the news. It's, it's super practical, but what is something that we can do right now? Like what can we, embody in a nutshell with your professional experience that, yeah, we could just learn from. I think the simplest thing really is for us to be willing to make a call, mm. right? Like, um, so we've got some phone numbers that we're going to put on the drop screen here, and they are emergency contact numbers that are locally uh, relevant. So if you see something suspicious mm. that you just, you look at it and you go like, that just doesn't seem right. Safest, best thing to do is to just call that line um, yeah, there's there's no loss in that, right? You might save yeah. a life. Like there have been so many lives saved by just phoning these exact numbers. Mm. And sometimes we're unsure, but what's the worst case scenario, right? If you're wrong, that person's had help offered to them. If you're right, you could save their life. So it's just super simple. It's that easy. Sure, and, and yeah. I bet like even calling those kind of numbers would give you a bit of an awareness. They might ask a few more clarifying questions because mm -hmm. they would have some knowledge. Uh, I know you've mentioned to me too, a big one is just getting some knowledge about this whole topic, stuff to look for, what is out of place, what we can just do in our purchasing habits to help alleviate that burden. Yeah. And you know what we want to do this morning, Cedar Valley, is provide you with just a couple minutes here to pray on, reflect even the numbers and the addresses that were dropped down there, even dive in on those things, share, or in the comment stream too, if you know some other great resources, mm -hmm. pop that out for some good information. But Kate, what's one or two things we could pray for right now for God to just enter into this dialogue and also into the, this redemption for the human trafficking issue. Redemption is a perfect word. Right? Oh, okay. Like that really, it really is. And redemption, and we sometimes we call it restorative justice, but if you just in, in your hearts cry to God, can just be praying for the children that are involved in the foster care system. Um, we know that most people that are being exploited in Canada in these means um, have been through the foster care system mm -hmm. at one time or another. Um, so our foster care system is very broken and I've, I've, I've been so thankful for the kindness of people that have been involved in the foster care system to just share some of that information. And yeah, we just need to be praying for the children and the integrity also of the leaders in the foster care system. So yeah, the integrity of the leaders hmm. and for restoration and yeah, just, just for God to bless them and to fill them with with just integrity is the best word, yeah. Uh, you know, I think that's a lot to go off, which is fantastic. Thank, yeah. thank you so much, Kate. Yeah. Thank you so much, Cedar Valley. Uh, take a couple moments, pray for this, uh, learn about this, focus on this. This is a really big, important thing that the church needs to have a powerful and front voice in. So mm -hmm. we're in for a great morning after that. Thank you so much. See you later. Bye.
Jesus our Savior I believe in God our Father I believe in Christ the Son I believe in the Holy Spirit Our God is three in one I believe in the resurrection That we will rise again For I believe in the name of Jesus Our judge and our defender Suffered and crucified Forgiveness is in you Descended into darkness You rose in glorious life Forever seated high I believe in God our Father I believe in Christ the Son saints communion and in your holy church i believe in the resurrection when jesus comes again for i believe in the name of jesus i believe in god our father i believe in christ the son i believe in the holy spirit
Good morning kids and welcome here. If this is your first time joining us, I am especially, especially excited that you're here. Um, but for all of you, it's been so wonderful being able to connect with you guys in different ways and I hope that you're going to have a great time with us this morning. We've got some really fun things happening. Silas and Caleb, my little guys, my two boys are hanging out over here doing the smoke machine for us. So can you do some more? I don't know if you've ever heard this saying before but it's called smoke and mirrors. And basically that's kind of like the concept that something really isn't real. And so the idea is like magic shows, smoke and mirrors, things that you can't really trust. And we've got a mirror here. Take a look and see what happens. Okay, you go ahead, dude. So we've got a mirror here. Let's see if something interesting happens. You start to see that the way that the light changes on the mirror, maybe you start to see things a little bit differently or 
Maybe it's harder to see certain parts of the mirror at this point too. And then sometimes in a magic show, something like, oh, if I throw something over there, you're not really paying attention to so much stuff that's over here. But something can magically appear. And all of these really interesting tricks, I'm not a magician, obviously. If I was, something really fascinating would happen and you'd be amazed. But I was able to do something interesting with this balloon. And I want to show you what I did. This is a first for me. I don't know if you guys in the comments want to put anything about stuff that you've managed to get inside of a balloon and tell us what you've done. I know that there's lots of cool things people have been able to put inside balloons. And with this one, it's going to be really loud. Just wait. And I'd like you guys to take a guess what might be in this balloon. When you look at it, you can't really see anything super interesting in there, right? Taking a look at that, looks pretty normal. And then we had a flying orange come out of there. That is pretty amazing. Sometimes there's things hiding inside of things that you just would never expect, right? But if you had been there when I was shoving this orange inside of the balloon, you would have known that this orange was going to be inside the balloon, right? But interestingly enough, you wouldn't really think that this relates to stories about Jesus, but the truth kind of is there with that too. Jesus is who he says he is. Jesus spoke the truth of God. He is the King of Kings and he will always love you. And that's kind of the overarching, like that's the story of John chapter seven. There are so many times in John chapter seven where Jesus says, I am who I say I am and his brothers even. So his brothers who Jesus was born, pardon me, Jesus was born before his brothers were, but his brothers had always known him their whole life. And they didn't even believe that Jesus was the Son of God. They didn't even believe. He had to show those things to them. And so there's another question I have for you. Have you ever seen something like a pink lake before? There we go. It's real. So unless you had seen a picture or were there yourself, you might not think that that was ever possible. Look at that. That is a real picture of a pink lake in Australia. Incredible. Or what if I told you that not, I knew of somebody that could have over a hundred bricks cover their body and ride a bicycle. Would you believe me? Would you believe me if I said that was possible? Maybe if you saw it for yourself, you would know that it was possible, right? And the amazing thing that Jesus talks about in John chapter seven is the fact that he says, if you had been reading, if you knew the truth of the Father's word, if you knew what God had said that the Messiah, that the King of Kings would be like, then you would know that it's me. And so as we read that, I just want you to remember this week, Jesus is who he says he is. There's no magical mystery. As you read your Bible, as you spend more time praying and talking to him, you'll come to see more and more that he is exactly who he says he is and that he will always love you no matter what. And that is something we're celebrating. You guys can bring your balloons over here. They're going to celebrate. Silas and Caleb have something special hiding in their balloons too. What's inside? Woo! More glitter. Good, good things. Oh, and Caleb's not gonna pop his? 
No, Caleb's got some surprise glitter in his too. But Jesus is who he says he is, and he will always love you guys. Have an awesome week. We'll see you next time. Oh! It is so good to be with you today. As we look at the text um, from the Bible today is John chapter seven. As we work our way through the book of John, one chapter, one week at a time. But you know, there is so much in every chapter that really our preaching focuses mainly on just some of the highlights that we draw out. So I hope that you're taking time to read through the chapter each week to get a fuller understanding of the context and also the full blessing of God. But first, let's pray. Our God, we thank you for this day, this opportunity to gather and worship as your church. Um, God, all over the community and reaching to parts beyond, God, we thank you for this opportunity that you give to us to to gather as your church, to seek your face, to discover the truths within your word that we may understand and believe and see who you are and God follow your son Jesus Christ in this life. God, we ask that you would continue to reveal to us your desire for each one of us God, collectively as your church as we move forward, but also for each of us as we learn to apply the words of life to our life. And God, we would live out um, a life of faith um, because of what you do and have done and will continue to do for us each day. Thank you for this time as we have to gather together to look at your word. Amen. You know, John chapter 7 opens with what could be the two most unexpected lines that are right back to back in the Bible. It starts off saying that Jesus stayed away from Judea because there were people who were plotting to kill him there. And the very next line has his brothers saying, hey Jesus, why don't you go to Judea? I wasn't expecting that. That just seems so strange. People are plotting to kill him in Judea. And hey Jesus, why don't you head down to Judea? Because at the time they were in Galilee. I didn't see that coming at all. In verse 1, we read that the Jewish leaders there were looking for a way to kill him. Now, you've got to be pretty ticked with someone in order to want their death, to kill them. And these leaders of the law weren't just 
thinking about it, weren't just talking about it. They were actually making plans to end his life. Now, what had Jesus done to get these men in such a murderous state? Well, let's look back. Let's back up just a little bit and see if we, see if we can uncover this plot to assassinate him. Well, so far in our study in the book of John, we know that Jesus has turned water into wine. He's healed a man who was unable to walk by the pool. Um, he turned a boy's bag lunch into a meal for thousands, and he walked on water. And then if we were to look at the other three Gospels, the parallel accounts of Matthew and Mark and Luke, we would also discover that Jesus has been busy performing miracles all this time. So what's wrong with that? What do they have against Jesus giving people new life? Well, it wasn't really the miracles that these Jesus haters had a problem with. It was really when he did some of them and actually what he said about himself after he performed the miracle. And it's true, Jesus was making some pretty outrageous claims about himself. But it's not just Jesus. Jesus isn't the only one throughout history of the world to make outrageous claims. So I want to take a moment here to play a little game. And we're going to play outrageous claims trivia. Basically, I'm going to give you a claim, a statement, and I want to see if you can guess who made it. There's just seven of them. Let's see what you got. Now, you can together, as you're sitting with someone else, you can just kind of say it, see who, see who can guess it. Or if you're really quick, I suppose you could type it in to the chat to, to see what you're answering. Okay, number one. This one is food related. And the claim is, this will improve children's attentiveness by 20%. Now, what food company do you think could make a claim like this? I'll give you a moment or two. If you guessed Kellogg's Frosted Mini Wheats, that's right. They made the claim that children eating this would increase their attentiveness by 20%. Maybe hyperactivity, yes. Attentiveness, no. They stopped using that line. Number two, this is another food-related claim. They say they are delivering dreams, happiness, and excitement to the world. I love this one. And this is on a banner on the side of a food truck just in Burnaby that we see once in a while if we head that direction. Any guesses who would make this claim? Delivering dreams, happiness, and excitement to the world. It's a little food truck called Jappa Dog, and it's all about their hot dogs. So apparently, if you have one, your life will be dramatically changed for the better. Number three. These next ones here, next five, are all statements that people have made about themselves. This person says, it's hard to be humble when you're as great as I am. This is a sports-related figure. I'll give you a moment. If you said Muhammad Ali, you're right. 
Next one, number four. He said, I am the number one most impactful artist of our generation. I am Shakespeare in the flesh. My greatest pain in life is that I will never be able to see myself perform live. <laughs> That's quite a statement. Give you a moment. Kanye West. A couple more. This one. This is about a dad talking about his young son. He will do more than any other man in history to change the course of humanity. He is the chosen one. He'll have the power to impact nations, not people, nations. The world is just getting a taste of his power. That's quite an incredible statement. If you don't know who that was, that was Earl Woods talking about his son, Tiger. And really, his life was about knocking a ball around with a stick. Quite a statement. Two more. Christianity will go. It will vanish and shrink. I know I am right, and I will be proved right. We're more popular than Jesus. And maybe it's that last line that, that, um, that brings some recognition to you. That was said by John Lennon of the Beatles. We're more popular than Jesus. And the final one, and this is a bunch of statements all together here, so just listen. I have come down from heaven to do the work of my Father. Anyone who believes in me will have eternal life. I can work on the Sabbath, that would be Sunday to us, because my Father is at work on the Sabbath. I am the Son of God. I am the Messiah, the Savior of the world. If you do not believe in me, you are condemned. Forgiveness of your sins is found in me. My authority comes from God, for we are one. Well, if you guess Jesus Christ, you are right. These claims were just too much for the leaders of the Jewish religion to handle. One of the big things that they had a problem with was Jesus' authority. And you know, I don't know if you remember a, a few weeks back that Jesus cleared the temple from the people who were abusing its purpose. They weren't so upset that he, he cleared things out and, and straightened things up. Their real concern was that, who said you could do this? Under who this authority can you make these claims, make, do this action? Well, you know, I have a license from the province of British Columbia that gives me authority to officiate marriages. Now, I don't often invoke this authority verbally at, at a wedding when I pronounce a man and a woman, husband and wife. But it was interesting. At the last wedding that I did, the couple specifically asked if I could include the words by the authority given to me by the province of British Columbia, I pronounce you to be husband and wife. They wanted that included, that official statement. 
Now, I don't often say that, but I got to tell you, every once in a while, it's fun to say, but the power vested in me. But back to these statements of Jesus. See, no one had ever talked like that before. See, something we need to remember is how outrageous these claims of Jesus were to the Jews. See, God had provided a way for them to connect with him. There was the, the procedure in the temple. There were the sacrifices. There was the holy of holies that only the designated priest could enter on their behalf. You, you, you couldn't commune directly face to face with him. God showed himself through a pillar of fire, through a storm, through awe and wonder. A mere human, interacting, talking, living. What Jesus was claiming was blasphemy, and that deserved death. But, but what about Jesus' claims for us today? How, how do we respond to who he says he is? And you know, it's possible for people to even rationalize away a miraculous work of God. Because to accept it means believing in the one who performed it and does it, and then ultimately submitting to that authority. And that can be a difficult thing to accept. And we continue reading. And in verse 3, we discover, right after it says that Jesus didn't want to go to Judea because they were plotting to kill him, Jesus' brother said to him, leave Galilee and go to Judea. What an, what an incredible thing to say. Did they know about the threats that he faced if he went there? You almost wonder, how could they not know? They were his brothers. And see, even in Jesus' family, there was tension. There's sibling rivalry. See, Jesus' brothers, the ones that we know of, James, Joseph, Jude, and Simon, what could they possibly not like about Jesus? He would have been the perfect brother. <laughs> but maybe that was the problem. If you're a younger sibling, it can be pretty hard, difficult, frustrating living up to the eldest. And the fact that Jesus was perfect could have been a huge source of frustration for them. See, Jesus knows what it's like to have problems even in the family and not have their support. And if you found yourself ever wondering about the family that you're in and the, the, the trials and the struggles that you face, Jesus has been there. He can relate and he can be a presence in your life. See, these claims that Jesus has been making, they've got almost everybody pitted against him. The religious leaders, they want to kill him. The disciples, many of them, not the 12, but so many of the others who were following, they gave up and said, we're done with you. 
what you're talking about is just nonsense. His family even thought he was crazy. We read in Mark chapter 3, verse 20, that Jesus was surrounded by this huge crowd because of his popularity. And his family, it says all of his family went to retrieve him, for they thought he was out of his mind. Jesus knew what it was like to have problems within his family. And then in verse 5, we read, For even his own brothers did not believe in him. Isn't it interesting that they were so close to God, and yet they did not believe? You know, faith by family does not work. Um, your parents' faith will not automatically transfer over to you. It will not get you to heaven. It must be a personal decision to believe. It's interesting that just because they were Jesus' brothers, it did not make them believers. You can't transfer your faith to your kids or to anyone else like possessions in a will. And as close as they were to Jesus, they just did not understand who he was. And we think, really? You were right there. You saw it all. How could you not believe? But what about us? Is it possible to see the glory of God and still miss him? Is it possible to see, to be so close to God's glory and still miss it? For some of you, you know, for some of you, you may be really close to believing in rather than just knowing about Jesus. See, you know about him and you've heard the stories. There may be a Bible within reach. You've likely sat in a pew or maybe the nice chairs that we got not so long ago. But do you really know him? Believe, and then you will see the wonder of Jesus. But did his brothers ever believe? Well, we know that at least two of them did. James and Jude, because we have both of their books that they wrote um, that are near the end of the Bible. So don't give up. Don't ever give up on your unbelieving members of your family. They may not understand your faith. They may be indifferent to it. They may even oppose it. But live your faith for them to see. Give them reason to believe by what they see and, and what they hear. Don't ever stop praying for them. And then we find that Jesus says a very interesting thing in verse 7 to his brothers. He says, The world cannot hate you, but it hates me because I testify that its works are evil. And he says, 
basically saying those that stand up and declare the difference between right and wrong, good and evil, righteousness and, and sin, that which is against what God desires for us, that is the wrongdoing, the thoughts, the actions. Those who stand up against that, it will be a challenge. See, if there was no wrongdoing in the world, we actually would not need Jesus. His death would have been a waste of time. But we do have a problem with evil. And Jesus stands to declare that he is our salvation. See, and even when we speak to someone and tell them maybe there's a wrong thought or an action, even in a close relationship, it's difficult to hear. Sometimes it's difficult to receive. Even if you know they have your best interest at heart. But understand that as we share the good news, the truth of Jesus' words, there will be opposition. Now, Jesus tells his brothers that, no, I'm not going to go down yet. And they head off to the festival down in Jerusalem. But then in verse 10, we find out that he then does go after all. However, after his brothers had left for the festival, he went also. And Jesus was moving forward. Ministry moves us forward. Following Jesus is active. It may be uncomfortable or challenging. Jesus knew what he was facing. But see, that is exactly where Jesus needed to be. And for us. Are, are we just hanging out? Or are we where we need to be? See, there's a huge difference. Is ministry, is following Jesus actually following him? It has to be. You know, I had a great discussion, a discussion with, a, with a guy from our church just recently. And he said, in his place of work was quite challenging. But as he's been contemplating following Jesus, even where he works, he said, he said I don't want to think of it as, ah, this is how many years left I have till retirement. But he says, I really want to think of it rather as, I only have so many years left to be a positive influence for Jesus. That is right where he needs to be. That's right where his heart needs to be. In that place. See, when I ask, are you where you need to be? I'm not implying that you may need to relocate. But are you being who God has created to be right where you are? And then we continue just a little bit. And he's at the festival and, and he's speaking. And among the crowds, there is widespread whispering about him. Some said, 
He's a good man. Others said, no, he deceives the people. It's interesting that Jesus as, is actually just as polarizing today as when he walked the earth. As followers of Jesus, be prepared for that. What is true and right is not always accepted. And for those who believe it and speak it are not always accepted as well. And then we discover in verse 27 and verse 41 that there was discussion about he can't really be the Messiah. Where did he say he was from? We haven't even heard of this town before. You know, years ago when we moved to um, Rhineland, Saskatchewan, and we're in the church out there, when asked, oh, where are you from? I quickly learned that I needed to follow up. Oh, we're from Mission. It's right, right close to Vancouver. Because otherwise, nobody would know what, what I was talking about. And people are asking, well, where is Jesus from? Who is this guy? And then they would say things in Matthew 13, 55. It, it says, isn't this the carpenter's son from Nazareth in Galilee? Who is, who is he? What good can come from there? Is this not Jesus, the son of Joseph, whose father and mother we know? How can he be anything other than average? See, don't let other people's limitations hold you back. Don't worry that you don't have enough education or limited experience, not enough money, or maybe even opposition from others. And don't let your failures define you. Don't listen to your negative self-talk that says you're not good enough. See, and one of the problems is that we have a tendency to compare our worst with other people's best. When you see all, all of the great images and presentations that, of people around us and, um, because they've got their family lined up for the perfect picture or, or the perfect quote or thought, and we compare that to what we know is the worst of our family and our biggest trial. And see, that's not fair. It's not fair to ourselves. Do you know who thinks and believes and who knows that you can do even more than you imagine? That's right. The one who can take what little you think you have and turn it into something glorious that displays the wonder of God. Just know that it's so it is more important where you are going than where you were from. You may feel that you're from a place of discouragement and hurt and pain or unfulfilled dreams. But Jesus says, I will take you from right here and let's move forward together. It is more important where you're going than where you are from. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word and we see that in the midst of this opposition and these questions about Jesus, about who he really was, he moved forward with the ministry 
that he knew that he was called, that he came to give to all of us. God, may we, as we learn to follow Jesus, do the same, move forward, not worrying about where we've come from, what state our lives have been, the hesitancy, the opposition, the fearfulness, and move forward with you in life, in love, in service, in ministry, for your church, into this community. God, may we be excited about where you will take us because you have been there. You have gone before and you will go with us. Continue with us this day, God, as we, as we learn to live our lives of faith in the midst of our families, our homes, our communities that would show your wonderful love and be testimony that you have taken us, you are taking us from where we were to where you would have us go. Because of your grace, the work of your Son, Jesus Christ. Amen. In just a moment, we're going to jump right into a question that um, you're going to have a chance to think about, maybe talk about, about determining um, where you're going in your life with Jesus. Stay tuned. All right, well, thank you again for another great morning. Uh, thanks for the message, Pastor Doug, and for everyone joining in, tuning in. And here's the thing, I'm gonna say this right now too. I've seen actually, because we do get the stats, right? So we can now see, uh, you know, when we were in person, we could see when right. you're falling asleep or leaving now, but we actually still see the stats when you're tuning off. And this is right. an important part of our message. Yeah, for sure. And we want you to engage in it. We want this to be a thing where you just, you've heard a message, you've had a time of worship, you've had prayer, and yeah. now you're gonna wrestle with it. And you can take this and apply yeah. it to your life yeah. and the message. Yeah. And so that's why uh, Pastor Doug's right. got a good, succinct question for us that is gonna apply to what we've heard today. John chapter seven, how it affects our life, how Jesus really impacts our life. Yeah, and you know, this one's kind of personal. Um, it may be a little bit difficult to talk about, but this is, this is life, right? This is the church, this is following Jesus. And um, what we want you to consider is, is there anything that is holding you back from following Jesus? And uh, it, it, that, that kind of hits, yeah. <laughs> hits to the heart, it, doesn't it? That's yeah. a huge one, because it's, oh yeah, I mean, it, it's a journey, right? Yeah. Um, I, I know I like you, you mentioned right there in, in your message too, it's not where you're from, it's where you're going, which has an implication of that this is a journey, it's a process, it's yeah. continuing going. Because I'd say this is the biggest thing, like I, I think I'm following Jesus mm -hmm. right but, now, but if you're, if you're going, right, and, and you're never fully there, this idea of discipleship, being a learner of yeah. Jesus is yeah. what that literally yeah. means. Um, yeah, there's always something more that Jesus is asking for you to be, uh, that God wants you. I mean, th that's what it says right, right in the Bible yeah. too. Like God's plan for your life is to be shaped like the model that Jesus presented to us, right? Yeah. So start yeah. living like him, having a heart right. like him, caring yeah. like him. And man, yeah. that is a huge task. Yeah. So, oh man, <laughs> yeah. that's, that's a huge question. I would say the biggest thing, you know, if I could put into one word right. is uh, a little bit of fear because mm. in our world with so much noise and stimulation, stuff like that, I it's so easy to not see God actively at work yeah. present. Yeah. And so there's a bit of fear of like, okay, I could step out and try this thing, God, but are you actually gonna catch me? Are yeah. you actually gonna protect yeah. me in it? And I think there's a lot of people that are resonating with that. Yeah. As you talk about, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. fear, yeah, for yeah. sure. Like, yeah, like, you know, a big one would be the examples, and if you're reading along the Gospel of John, the amount of time that 
that Jesus will meet with somebody who <laughs> wouldn't have right. been a very comfortable interaction, right. whether it was a religious zealot or somebody who was ostracized mm -hmm. by the people right. or somebody yeah. who is culturally like the get out of here right. sort of thing. And yeah. so making those very intentional human relationship connections that could affect your reputation, yeah. could affect right. your status, could affect your, your own safety and your own emotional <laughs> vulnerability. Yeah. yeah. And uh, trusting that God will be present in that. Right. Yeah. 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 And you know, it's interesting too, because when we talk about following Jesus, the very definition of that word, and I love the little diagram. Thanks, Paige, for this here that we've got here, our, our artwork here, our graffiti on the wall. Little is map. <laughs> little map is what it is here, moving from one location to the next. And we understand that when Jesus was in Galilee, there's the whole region of Galilee and then Samaria and then Judea. And it was about the distance from Vancouver to Hope. Oh. So whenever Jesus traveled there by foot, that was about the distance that he was wow. traveling. And they were very different regions, kind of like, yeah, yeah. you know, Vancouver, the Lower Mainland, the Fraser Valley. <laughs> so and yeah, and, yeah. Then, and then you've got Hope sort of thing too. But, but it was, and see, Jesus needed to go where he knew he needed to be. Hmm. And so when I think, you know, what is keeping me? What has kept me? And boy, <laughs> honestly, I think it's lack of confidence. Mm. Thinking, you know what? <laughs> I, I, I don't know if, if I'm quite good enough to accomplish that. Or I compare myself to others and I see what they're able to do and, and how they preach and teach and, you know, and, and discover, you know, the, the different aspects of God and, and how they step right into the community and evangelize people. And I think, boy, I, I, I don't know if I'm quite that good. And hmm. so I think that's something that, that has held me back from following like I really maybe and, yeah. that, and that would be yeah like we're in ministry vocationally that's our, our jobs but that can yeah. happen for so many opportunities oh. like whether you're going to bother applying for that maybe dream job or even just uh, next position up and you're right. like that ah, there's no chance i can do right. that or this other competing company whatever it is right like yeah. that the evangelists are like that is terrifying for us and our thing but it could just be the skill sets the requirement possibly moving your family for a new opportunity because work is a huge part of our yeah. lives in this western north america so world, much so. so much and you know we we really don't want to leave the people there with oh no this is my problem what's keeping me we want you to now think about um what can be done to move you beyond that so you feel like yes i am following jesus the way he's designed and created me to be mm. and uh, I know for myself as just realizing, believing that through Jesus, through his spirit, he has given me the power, the understanding, the ability to do these things. Mm. And I don't have to worry so much about how others are doing them, but understanding that Jesus' work in me will allow me to be what he's created me to be. Yeah. How, how about for your... Well, yeah. yeah, I'm just listening to that. Looking back at the times that Jesus has been there, he's protected you. He has empowered you. He's given you that confidence. He has fulfilled the call. Like he, he's been there. He's been your backup yeah. in the past yeah. testimony. If you maybe haven't felt that, listen to people's testimonies where you've, mm. they, that's been an evidence, right? Yeah. Like yeah. if I can't think of something right in my own immediate past life right. or uh, not past life, yeah. in my past, yeah. uh, finding somebody who has that testimony that could you can learn from, you can glean from, right? And that's so much what the church is about, right? Yeah. yeah. We we learn from one another. We help one another and encourage. And I think even we have those opportunities to see when, hey, you know, maybe, maybe somebody needs a word of encouragement, yeah. you know? And for us to step out 
and give that word of encouragement. And that may be part of the difference for them saying, yes, I'm mm. stepping forward this next step in following Jesus. Cool. Yeah. Well, let's yeah. leave it at that because that's great. So keep this going on. There's going to be some time. The question will be posted up here. Uh, throw in the comments or talk with your small group yeah. if you've got that, Zoom, Skype, whatever it is. And yeah, we'll see you next week. All right. See you, Cedar Valley.